Hello. 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 And welcome to Pioneer's Post podcast. Social enterprise stories and conversations from across the world. <laughs> How often have you sat in a board meeting feeling, well, frankly, bored? How often have you seen time wasted, conversations closed, processes pondered and decisions deferred? By drawing on the real-life experiences of social purpose leaders, we want to highlight bad governance practices by reading between the lines of a traditional board minute to draw out what's really going on. It's a bit of fun, but with a serious point, creating an honest debate about what those little things in meetings really mean for social change on the ground, and in the end, not just what bad governance really looks like, but more importantly, what good looks like. Welcome to Agenda Item 1 a podcast series created to challenge the conventional thinking and outdated governance practices seen all too often in today's boardrooms. So, instead of the usual board minute for your first agenda item, what's really going on when you read between the lines and what real life implications would that have? So for this second in the agenda item one podcast series, we'll be focusing on the role of the board chair and in particular their relationship with the CEO. Um, I'm joined in this conversation today by Leslie Dixon, Chief Executive of PSS UK Limited. Hi, welcome Leslie. Hello. Um, and Liam Black, um, who has set up a business called As We Please and is currently the Executive Chairman of Big White Wall. Welcome Liam. Thank you very much. Afternoon. So um, if we could just start uh, just by briefly introducing uh, yourselves and a little bit about some of your uh, sort of career history and particularly relevance to the CEO board mm. relationship. Okay, so uh, as you say, I'm Chief Executive here at um, PSS. Um, before that, I was Chief Executive at Leeds University Union, so a completely different environment. Um, I've also been on boards, so I've not been a chair, but I was vice chair at Mind. Um, I'm on the board of FRC, Furniture Resource Centre here in Liverpool, and in the past I've been on various other boards as well um, as a trustee. So, um, so when, when we talked about doing this podcast, um, said we wanted a really quiet room and one of the, well, one of the quietest rooms this afternoon, not always, one of the quietest rooms this afternoon is the play therapy room here at PSS. So we're surrounded by toys, aren't we? I can see. We're absolutely surrounded Postman by packed, toys. Postman Yep. And a bear that looks like Paddington, but actually isn't Paddington. Dressing but he up looks like Paddington. Yeah. So we're having, we're having, the reason why we're having this conversation in Liverpool is I'm in the same city with uh, Leslie. This is, I used to run FRC um, and I've come back to the city to just meet everyone and, and, and feel very emotional and nostalgic about um, all of that. So um, I am currently the chair of a tech for good business called Big White Wall. Um, uh, before that, I was running a company called Wavelength uh, with two business partners and had a board and was a a board member uh, with a chair. Before that, I was CEO uh, with Jamie Oliver with the 15 uh, Foundation. And then, and then before that, I was uh, the CEO of uh, the Furniture Resource Centre. So I've had more years than I care to think about on sort of both sides of the, of the, of the board table, as it were. It's lovely to be uh, here with you both. Um, and you know, obviously, I work a lot with different chief executives and boards over the last uh, few years. And it'd be great to get your experience on this topic and, and share some of my own. So, so look forward to it. To, to kick us off, um, which we do with every one of these agenda items, is I read a, uh, a gender item one kind of minute, which is a minute that is slightly poking fun at some of the things that might go wrong in the kind of chair relationship. So agenda item one, reasserting the chair's authority. Deborah, the finance director, presented the last quarter's finances. Whilst the outcome was within any reasonable expectations, 
It was slightly under budget and she was nervous the board might kick off because they always seemed to fixate on the bottom line rather than what they were investing in. Mark, the new board member, congratulated the staff team on a decent set of results given the financial pressures they were under, but everyone else knew better than to offer praise. True enough, Jenny the chair reacted immediately, bringing up the same challenge she raised at every opportunity so she could demonstrate how good she was at challenging the charity mindset of the staff team. Why weren't we winning bigger local authority contracts? Nearly everyone knew this could be a disaster. They were complicated, overly restrictive, and might damage freedom to act, which had proved so successful up to now. But they didn't want to be the first to speak up and weren't sure if anyone else would agree. So a special task group was appointed, led by the chair, to look into contract opportunities within the next three months. The new Moore member vowed never to speak up first again. The finance director and chief executive had already started to plan how they would manage the task group to reach a half-decent conclusion, and everyone else was relieved to move on to more comfortable matters. That minute is a sort of combination of two or three meetings and scenarios I've actually been in over the last two years. Um, and I just wondered if there's anything within that that sort of sounds familiar from any of your sort of experience, not necessarily on the specifics, but mm. the kind of behaviour. Yeah, something that it brought to mind for me. So this happened before I joined the um, the, the said organisation, but um, there was discussion about making some changes in terms of you know a particular benefit to the to the staff team, and basically the board absolutely insisted that it just happened, and the amount of work that well, the, the work and the expense that went into sorting that out, and yet just with a little bit more time and investment, uh, investment in terms of time, that's all it would have taken to do the consultation, and yet there was just that absolute, absolute insistence. And I did think, oh, you know, what, what, would I, what would I have done differently in that scenario? That is a real problem, can be a real problem if you're a CEO and you are, you are wanting mm. a conversation. Mm about something really, really important that you, you, you know because you're closest to the organisation needs to be talked about and yet the people on the board have their own agenda, not their own agenda, but they, their own hobby horses and axe to grind that they will grind no matter what you want to talk about. If particularly, uh, particularly on a charity board where people are not being paid to be there and if the board's only meeting once every quarter or once every couple of months and the, the trustee has gone off into their own world which would often be completely different yeah to the culture and what's going on in that sort of charity. I suppose there's an inevitability that in order for you to A, feel that you're being relevant and also to feel that you're getting a grip on this organisation, you'll focus in on one thing and make that your thing. So I can understand it, but it can lead to you know, re repetitive mm. conversations um, uh, about stuff. So One of the challenges that I kind of keep highlighting this hobby horse challenge often comes because, I think you kind of mentioned it there a bit, Liam, you want to be able to contribute, mm. but you don't understand things sufficiently to be able to contribute necessarily in any other area other than this area, which yeah. you've decided is your hobby it's horse. The thread you hang mm. on to. <laughs> so that's going to be the thing that you keep doing so you feel valuable, right? Um, and, and actually the way around that is making sure they can understand the other things yeah. and are engaged in that. And I think that, that papers is one part of it, you know, that getting really good papers, which doesn't necessarily mean more information. In fact, usually means less. less. <laughs> um, I, it just strikes me something I was doing recently where um, the example given was like a table of financial figures, a budget, yeah, and we've all seen them, 10 pages of spreadsheets that go over and over with individual budget lines comparing, you know, with lots of red, it encourages you to go, yeah. line 39 da, 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 yeah. is 4,000 over budget, why? Whereas a single page with a graph on it that shows the trend 
mm. at a high level, I encourage you to ask the question, oh, why has it gone up so much over a period of the last mm. six years and what's our forecast for the next six, which is much more of a simple, short, strategic conversation. It's that yeah. kind of... Yeah. And so the motivation, this is something, Gail, that sort of, you know, um, occupied me a lot when I was CEO of those organisations and also now on the other side as a, as a chair of a company, is why are people on these boards? And if I think of the um, you know, couple of boards that I've reported to, the, um, this real mixed, uh, so some people are there because they're, they're really passionate about volunteering. Some people are there because they think that, well, I should have this as part of my portfolio to be a trustee of a charity. I was there, I thought, like to bring revolution to the country through social enterprise. But I don't think anyone else on the board shared that at the time. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So yeah. you have these, so for me, the charity was the means to the end, yeah. which was big social change. Um, whereas that wasn't the case for some of the other uh, the people who were on the board with me. Yeah. So I think really getting clear what people's motivations are and where there's alignment and where there might be differences yeah. uh, so that they just don't play out in misunderstandings and why are we talking about this when we should be talking about yeah. something really, really important. Well, there's, uh, That's really interesting, that point, because... Um, uh, if we go back to all the things we've talked about, they could be applied to almost any trustee, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if we're thinking about um, the chair in particular, um, if you have a chair or a series of trustees that are motivated by the organisation's mission more primarily um, than perhaps a status thing or a yeah. need to volunteer in general, then uh, you tend to find that they have less of a sort of the kind of strategies we've talked about. Will probably bring out the best in those people yeah. yeah if they're there because they want to be a grandstander then that hobby horse can stay regardless of all the things we've yeah. just talked about yeah. no? is that is that fair in your experience yeah. I, th I think that that's all about how you recruit trustees and I think there can be a real danger particularly where trustees are concerned because they're not paid so it can almost be well you know they're, they're volunteers they're doing you a favor um, you know I know in years gone by in um, in our organization it almost used to be that one of my colleagues said you know, we used to kind of almost roll out the um, roll out the red carpet every time there was a board meeting it was like a really really big um, a really big deal um, rather than well they're just simply people that play a part in our organization we all play a part in the organization and its success and they simply play um, play a different part not long after I've been um, I've been here um, and you know somebody suggested that you know a particular person would be really good on the board um, now at that point we didn't have anybody with a health and social care background on our board and that's our business um, we had lots of people you know kind of accountants and lawyers and business people um, and uh, and this person was somebody who was in you know some kind of property development so not a natural skill set alignment um, and yeah you know suddenly it was just like he was about to join the board so oh you know so and so can join the board and you know so I met with this person and I could see that actually there was a there was a limit as to really the value that that person could add at that um, at that point now fortunately um, for us he was busy and it and it didn't come off in the meantime we then introduced a proper skills audit but the other thing we did was you know we kind of forced a pitch so you know people came in 
and they had to be interviewed. And again, there was some there was some surprise from some existing board members because they were like, you know, but these people are doing us a favour, and we're asking them to interview um, for this for this position. It's like, but actually, we need commitment from them. It's much harder to move a trustee on than it is to move on a paid member of staff. So, mm. getting it right in the beginning is so important on so so many levels. That's yeah. I mean, if, if we bring it, because a lot of the things we've talked about um, so far have been sort of applicable to most any board member. Um, we, we, we sort of discussed the chair a bit, but just to bring it back a bit to the chair, I'm thinking about how the role of the chair helps make sure that we get the right kind of dynamic across the whole board that we've been talking about, rather, or situ situations in which they can create the exact opposite. I am six months into a relationship with the CEO of Big White Wall, Henry, and uh, you know I'm, what I'm trying trying to do is to learn from all the experiences I've had of being to yeah. get the balancing act right between I really want to support you in this and I really want to make your first CEO work in the in for yourself and for the company and at the same time hold you to account. For me sometimes as the chair I'm experienced sometimes you have to lead from the front and you have to be very clear about you know this is the direction that uh, I think we want to go in, but there are other times when you really need to take a step back yeah. and you've really got to respect that difference between governance, management, executive power and you know, uh, governing power. I, th I mean, for me, the, one of the things that we talk about a lot within, um, within PSS is that thing about high support, high challenge, but I think for that to work there's got to be genuine respect mm. on both sides. That's right. It's a big role, isn't it? The chair mm. role. Mm. High mm. responsibility, big mm. challenge. Um, you know, as a thinking, we we could try and sort of draw out a little bit some of the you know the what's what's the perfect chair look like mm. and what does the worst possible chair mm. look like? Um, and you know, we are in the uh, play and therapy room of PSS, so if you can uh, <laughs> find a way to uh, do toy analogies connected to those skills, then I'd be very impressed with that as well. I'm gonna let Liv do that. <laughs> well, if I may spit my dummy out of the uh, uh, throw my toys around the. Turns around the room. So I think you're. So it's probably easy to describe what a nightmare chair would be because I've had. Yeah, I've let's had, do that let's, first. Let's start yeah, with nightmare yeah. chair. Nightmare okay. chair is someone who thinks it's. I'll, I'll use the he pronoun because all my experiences have been with he chair men. Um, thinks is the smartest person in the room. If they've been around longer than the CEO, thinks that they totally understand what the purpose of this. Um, the charity is, and either will be very explicit in that, or even worse, sort of the passive, passive aggression uh, uh, approach to things, dominates the board meetings. So I think a really good chair, I think, is someone who genuinely really does understand the core mission of the organisation and puts that at the centre of everything all the time and therefore runs the board meetings and runs the relationship with the, the CEO that is always in support of that mission, which will therefore mean that grandstanding, showing that I'm better than you, showing that I'm smarter than you, is not, is not going to get you there. Yeah, see, the thing I was going to add was doesn't hang around too long. And doesn't hang around too long, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, you know, and also make sure that the rest of the board don't hang around too long either. And you know, it doesn't mean you don't want continuity in your board over a period of years, yes, but you know, you have situations where the chair is there longer than the CNO, CEO, therefore they think it's their organisation, they've been there 20 years, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. But you know, I think that um, 
one of the other things that's really important because people are giving their time um, free of charge is for the chair to actually make it a bit of fun. Yeah. You know, because in fact, if it feels really, really heavy, we're here to then, talk about the poor. Yeah, and, uh, you know. So actually, meetings they can be, you know, and, and that's one of the things I think that we do really well here is, you know, the meetings. They're, they're, you know, they're serious. They're talking about serious things. Actually, we'll have a bit of a laugh, and they're really quite informal. But also, and I think this is about um, about the chair, and I think it's about wider trustees, but almost seeking to learn themselves from the experience. Um, you know, and I think that some of you know, I think for some of our trustees, you know, and some of you know, not all of them um, are in work. Some of them have um, have now retired, but the majority are still working. And there's things that we do that we know that they're picking up and taking. You know, and, and they're they're working for much larger organisations mm. often, but they're actually getting something from it themselves. And I think that if you're both kind of pulling something from it as well as well as giving then actually you know there's um, there's that reason to, um, to to still be involved that's greater than just the mission and greater than just the um, the giving I think one of the other things is is the humility is, is mm. humility mm. and so you know and I think you've touched on that Liam I'm about really great at humility <laughs> I'm the best <laughs> You're the best out there. But not not thinking that actually it's your role and therefore trying to understand everything yeah. because it's not possible and it's not necessary. No. You know, it's really, really not necessary. Mm. So having the humility to um, to understand that and understand that, that it's mm. other people's role. And I think it's really important for a chair to have enough time, but not too much time. I think that's a really perceptive point, and and, and not just you don't you know a, a, plenty of time gives opportunity to interfere, but also you want directors and trustees who are active and who are yeah. involved in, and have great networks, yeah. and you know and will see as part of their role, not interfering, but also saying ah mm. I really need to connect. Yeah. The yeah, CEO, yeah, in, yeah. CEO yeah. into that. So you're sort of throwing leads back over your shoulder yeah. to the CEO, but you're not you're not making that an, a, a thing of control or mm. authority over the over the CEO. Mm. You know, mm. I mean, I think uh, I think getting that balance between you know grey heads who are retired or have more time on their hands. I think there's a huge role for that. Huge. I'm probably one of them now. Yeah, huge. But also having younger people mm. who are active in their roles, other CEOs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely agree with all of that. And the time thing is a is a mm. is definitely true in my experience, where people get too kind of heavily involved mm. in things. So we've 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 talked a lot about you know dysfunctional boards and chairs that you know we've loved to hate over the years. Um, but I think that we should do a bit of bashing of social entrepreneurs while we're here. Um, so uh, I think that a lot of impact businesses or social enterprises are created by very dynamic, talented but often sometimes dysfunctional, eccentric people who necessarily have to be a bit like that to want to um, change the world, who don't like being held to account and for whom the board is a necessary evil that, 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 that has to be created. Well, we're sitting in a toy, toy therapy room and I see the dressing up box um, over there and, and there's a, I can see a Superman cape in, in that box over there. And I think that the role of the chair and the board uh, with the kind of superhero, quote unquote, social entrepreneur, needs to be to say, do you know what, kid? Leave that cape at the door. Mm. You know, in here we talk about the business and we talk about appropriate governance and we talk about um, control of finances and strategy, 
we're not here in order to um, you know, affirm you in your role as the superhero. I have seen a lot of them over the, uh, uh, the years where the reason they fail or the reason they fail to scale is they have not created a robust enough business model and a robust enough governance model that allows them to, to really take off. Because you, you, you're right and it's like you, don't want the, you want the board and the chair particularly to be supportive, engaging of everybody, but they've got to be strong. So it is a high support. But as you said earlier, Leslie, it's the high challenge is, is just as important, particularly in that kind of scenario of the, the, the superhero. Uh, thank you great for a great conversation, both of you, and uh, I've really enjoyed it. Um, it'd be good if we can try and just summarize some of the kind of main key points. And uh, obviously, given where we are, let's tie that back to the the toy analogies. Do you want some laboured like. toy metaphors? Yeah, really yeah, okay. laboured toy metaphors. <laughs> All right, so, so that's going to be what, yeah. what we're looking for from you both. Um, so there's a few things like we picked up, and I'll summarise some of them, and then it gives you a chance to think of your laboured toy metaphors. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> working, on yeah, yeah, yeah. working on it. So one of the things we talked about was was not being the kind of grandstander chair. You know, not there just for the 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 looks um, and the optics of it, but being sort of committed to the mission, um, and actually instead being somebody that acts with humility, that is there to seek and get the best out of others. And you know what, that, that makes me think about Toy Story, because you think, you know, Buzz Lightyear turns up, doesn't know, has no idea what's going on, new kid on the block, and wants to take absolute control, you know, to infinity and beyond, <laughs> and, and actually doesn't take anybody with him. Yeah. So, you know, so absolutely not the way to do it. Woody, you know, kind of the the the, the much loved, um, long, you know, much loved childhood toy that's been tossed aside a bit. Mm -hmm. But rather than let that get to him, he can he seeks to you know work with all the other toys to give everybody the um, the best the best opportunity. So, be a Woody, not a Buzz. I like that's that. a quality metaphor. It certainly that's, is. That's yeah. that's really really good. And actually, Woody's pretty good at holding uh, some people to account in that team as well. Isn't he? <laughs> he certainly <laughs> is. And I see also <laughs> over over there uh, there's um, uh, the game Hangman, and I think I think a good chair makes board meetings fun and human, mm. and it's not mm. a Hangman. It's not something you mm. dread coming along to because you think that as the CEO, get the, you're not going to get what you want, or you're going to be mm. forced down a route. That you and the exec team don't want to go to. I mean, so as a trustee, you're kind of going yeah. in, and you're kind of thinking, "Oh, I'm giving my time," but yeah. you know, so on on no level does yeah. that. Yeah. Oh work. God, there's a board meeting next yeah. week. Rather yeah. than brilliant. Yeah. There's a board meeting next week, and it's going to be engaging. Yeah. It's going to be well run. I'm going to feel that that my skills are being called forth, and my opinions yeah. matter. Mm. They'll be listened to. I have a good quality of uh, data and analysis in front of me, and even though the, you know, the the subject, that the, the purpose of the charity needs to be taken really seriously. Mm. And we're sitting in PSS, which for a hundred years has yep. done the most amazing work with mm. some of the most vulnerable people in this city. We shouldn't be taking ourselves too seriously. And I think a really good quality in a really good chair will be bringing a lightness of touch yeah. to serious yeah. issues that make that really engage people and really encourage them to turn mm. up and be at their best. That's right, yeah. Yeah, rising above Another great analogy, by the way. We're, we're rocking those things. That's yeah. really good. Yeah. And, uh, another thing that is there is about, in order to do that, you know, rising a bit above getting down into the detail, spending too much time there, and allowing those conversations to be at the kind of level which make it strategic and engaging and fun, and therefore also useful. And, and so getting that balance right also enables you to better hold to account those kind of 
heropreneurs that we talked about, yeah. you know, staring back up at that uh, box of dressing up over there and the, the superhero capes, you yeah, know, keeping yeah. some of that in check. Yeah, um, take your cape uh, off, kid. part of that, take your cape off, kid, yeah. <laughs> so, so in summary, what we're saying is uh, uh, don't be Buzz, be Woody. Don't make your board meetings like Hangman and make sure that the uh, chief executive or the staff team take off their hero cape. Yeah? <laughs> Sound about right? That's an extraordinarily good conclusion. Thank you. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> Thanks so much for your time. Uh, I really thank you. It. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We want to challenge the conventional thinking of today's boardroom and outdated governance practices, models and behaviours. This is just the start of a series of conversations. Have you witnessed boardroom discussions similar to what was discussed today? Do you have other boardroom experiences you'd like to share? Some practical advice that you'd be willing to contribute? Or ideas for future read between the lines agenda items as part of this series? Get in touch and join the conversation. Email me, bob at practicalgov.co.uk or tweet us, hashtag agenda one.